Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Coastal Voices. On this week's show, I'll be speaking to Vancouver artist Kat Thorson about uh, the artwork she does and work with youth in Vancouver. We'll be talking about upcoming events in the community and around Canada. And that's it for this episode and more. Stay tuned to Coastal Voices on CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Everybody, welcome to the Wednesday, May 28th episode of Coastal Voices. If you haven't tuned in before, you're listening to CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. And Coastal Voices is a program that aims to highlight Indigenous issues and voices within Canada and around the world. If you'd like to be a part of our future episode of Coastal Voices or know somebody who's doing awesome work in the Indigenous community, please reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud. My Twitter is at Sasha Willette or uh, on the Facebook uh, at Coastal Voices and on the CFUV SoundCloud my playlist is at Coastal Voices. Moving on, last week I had the opportunity to catch up with Vancouver-based artist, activist, and youth worker Kat Thorson about her work with youth in the Vancouver core uh, and Kat's like a really great, wonderful, warm, passionate kind person and she was such a wonderful person to interview. I'm really grateful that we had the chance to uh, catch up and speak this week and uh, here's the interview. In this interview I spoke to Kat Thorson. Kat's an artist from Vancouver BC and she works with youth to create art, public art, street art, and and art in schools. She even makes sock puppets with them. We got to catch up with Kat last week, and she told us a little bit about her work with youth in Vancouver. What I basically do, my whole goal and mandate in um, my work is to awaken creative expression in the people that I work with. So those people can range from uh, kids as young as five to adults as uh, as old as, you know, 100 or whatever, if they're still functioning. So... um, but that's my main goal is to basically facilitate people to be able to create and flourish uh, using the arts, mainly uh, drawing and um, crafting. But uh, what I also do is my own artwork, etc. So I live as an artist, and that's why I kind of want to show that example in people for people, too, that you can live as an artist and actually make a living. So, yeah, my main population is youth at risk, though. That's my specialty, are kids between the ages of 13 and 30 who have barriers um, in their life that uh, make it difficult them, for them to move forward for various reasons. But that's my main sort of love is working with at-risk youth. I asked Kat how often she works with Indigenous. 
Uh, absolutely. Uh, mainly in my work in the North Van um, dis- School District has been with uh, Squamish Nation youth, that's for sure, because I'm still very involved in that school district. And certainly on the downtown east side, um, because the kids are coming in from various uh, areas in the Lower Mainland to work at our facility on the downtown east side. Um, there tends to be, I would say, the average, if it's a group of six, there would be at least two um, youth who identify as Aboriginal. I asked Kat to talk a little bit about the work she does with youth and what type of projects they engage in together. Yeah, so uh, it's a wide variety, but uh, my main work on the downtown east side is with Intersections Media, Opportunities for Youth, and that is a employment skills program that really um, teaches life skills and employment skills through creative process. And so our main focus is film, which can range from screenwriting to camera work to editing mainly on computer, and that's the big life skill there. And then uh, also... Um, arts-based journaling, uh, drawing, uh, crafting, and things like that. But it's a way to engage youth who have had difficulty getting employment. They get paid for those uh, weeks they're with us, and then they also learn employment skills. They build their resume and start to feel comfortable going out into the world. Then the projects I do in the school districts, especially Burnaby and North Van School Districts, are um, arts-based projects where I come in and do, say, seven sessions with one particular art project in mind, and it's a way to engage youth to increase um, their attendance and to really um, teach them that you can feel engaged at school by doing um, arts-based projects. And so there's one in development right now for Mountainside Secondary in North Van where it's going to combine crafting with employment and life skills. So that's my main passion is like teaching people how to um, sort of empower themselves through art. It's kind of interesting how I got into it because I actually was focused, um, I'm 52 now, but when I went to university in um, the early 80s, I got my Bachelor of Science actually and was going to become a medical doctor but completely burnt out and I'm not, I'm a very science-oriented mind but I'm not um, well-versed in sort of research. I'm a people person so I really burnt out. My life kind of changed dramatically and I've uh, focused uh, as I had children I focused thoroughly on the arts and then um, I also have a child who has high functioning autism so I got very very interested in psychology and all that and so um, it's sort of and I've always done art that's been part of my life ever since I was born and so I've always put that into my work somehow and so through the years of raising my kids I would volunteer at the schools all the time so since my daughter started kindergarten, I was in the classroom a lot teaching art. And uh, with my son, um, because of his special needs, it was a whole creative way to address things. So basically through raising them, I was always working with children as they grew older. I would grow older in terms of, or the groups that I worked with would grow older. Then finally, um, when I moved back to Vancouver from the Sunshine Coast, I decided to volunteer at Burnaby Youth Custody Center and as an art facilitator because uh, they really needed some therapeutic art and gave me a great opportunity. So I worked there for quite a few years um, from 2004 on and was allowed to develop a program as I wanted and it was extraordinary. And that sort of built the way that I work, which is engaging people with what they love as opposed to me having an agenda coming in. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then that... Uh, 
sort of transformed into following the youth that were being released from custody into the school system. And so I started working in the school system in North Van and uh, loved it. And then um, as the school closed there, I decided to start working with my brother, who was already running a program on the downtown east side. So a big part of our... Um, mandate is to do community outreach or engagement in with organizations and that is not only uh, to uh, sort of allow the youth to connect with their community in a charitable way it's really to help the youth uh, learn about what it is to work with a client and so uh, what we had done a few years ago that we were working with an organization called beauty night and uh, they um we created a wonderful sort of ad campaign for them, and part of that was to start putting posters up of, of photos of uh, women from the downtown east side that had um, received that were engaging with Beauty Night, and the kids had done these beautiful photos. So we needed to practice what it was like to paste those photos, wheat paste those photos around town, and that awakened sort of a new way of working for me, which was to do street art. Um, in the community with the youth because that brought us out into the streets in a really positive way. And so what we do now is with each session, I um, we draw, we create a bunch of drawings. I work with the youth coordinator who's also an artist. And then we go out to a wall that we've started uh, two and a half years ago um, on 119 East Cordova and we keep adding original artwork to that wall and it's been building and it deteriorates over time and it expands over time and the community loves it and it's a really great relationship that we have with Harbor Light Detox who um, sort of see the wall every day because they're in the lane loading up food and everything. And so then we expand that street art into other parts of uh, the city and and it's also now expanded to secondary schools where we're doing walls and schools and ceilings and things like that. So really the street art component has become a really important component for me because I'm a street artist myself. And it's a great way to give an edge to the work that you do because it's it, you engage people more by doing something that has a bit of an edge. And this does. And yet it's a positive way to interact with the community. We're not, we're not spray painting. We're not doing, um, we're not, doing vandalism we're doing sort of like a fun community engagement yet it has an air of sort of um craziness to it and wonder yeah so it's really fun i asked kat how she's seen the work that she does affect the youth that she works with it's been some really wonderful stories come out of it. Like we have um, numerous success stories, we call them, and the success stories can be something like immediate where someone graduates from our program after six weeks and goes on and actually gets employed and feels comfortable for the first time to work. And that employment could be anywhere from being in the film industry to even working at a restaurant or whatever, but they're finally able to, you know, practice just going to work from nine to five and feeling engaged and then decreasing the amount of perhaps addiction issues and stuff that they might have. So that's a real sort of tangible success story. Others take longer. So there might be a student that's taken our program and then a year later will come back and visit us and say, you know, I, I dipped after because I didn't have any structure, but now I'm like working. I've gone back to school. Um, your program really um, showed me what good and belonging felt like, so that was a really good one. Um, but, you know, there's some tangible stories, too, like um, one student I have who um, w went from being completely 
disengaged from school, uh, very addicted, uh, very traumatized by childhood trauma, and through her work, through the therapeutic art program, through being able to build her own little business by using crafting and selling online, she was able to face her um, abuser, go to court. Uh, the abuser went to prison. She um, has since graduated from high school. Uh, she's actually at the ceremonies in June. She's um, fully building her business. She's engaging young kids. She volunteers at schools and stuff. And it's truly because she felt safe to create art and she had the time to dialogue. And I worked with her for years because I was in the school with her. And, mm-hmm. and it was truly remarkable to see this young woman blossom from being very, very fragile and um, almost, you know, hopeless in a way from our point, like, what can we do to help her to just simply becoming fully and engaged with who she was and she's now sort of she's definitely um a really good example and she's actually going to be working with me um to build new a new program that we're working on so she'll be part of the peer teaching portion of it so um so that I can sort of train the trainers and then she'll be able to sustain the model and go on and train other people herself. So that's fantastic. But it's really because of the art. She felt comfortable because she could express herself fully mm-hmm. and just dialogue, right? We can dialogue about anything. Like my my rule is no censorship. So um, through that, then you can engage them and build trust. So we're calling it, um, it's basically the sock monkey uh, life skills and entrepreneurship curriculum, and so I'm in the process right now of building the curriculum around that, and um, it'll be, uh, I just had a meeting today with a school regarding implementing the pilot program in the fall, and so this young woman will be um, a group of, I'm thinking seven students who have worked with me before will be helping me during the summer to really test out the program that we have built. And then uh, when I go into the school, there'll be 10 sessions with students. And during those 10 sessions, they're going to actually be going through the process of building a business plan Mm. so that they really learn uh, what an entrepreneur is, what life skills are, what project planning is. But it's not dry. During that, they'll be actually creating a sock monkey, doing product photo uh, shoots, and then uh, putting it on our online store. But it's sort of like a fun way then to start talking about things like financial planning, competitive analysis, and all those kind of crazy words that you, you know, it would just be like comatose students if you started talking. <laughs> and I, I'm the same way, right? So, but it's really uh, using the right brain business plan model and really doing a fun thing. So during those 10 sessions, by the end of it, we'll actually have built a group business plan and then uh, exhibit our business plan in the hallways and then do a presentation. And it's it's not a dry, typed-out business plan. It's a really visual thing. Mm-hmm. And it's really just to show them that as an artist, you can take control of your life and and at least they'll have that experience. So no matter what they do with it after, they'll at least know the lingo and have that experience. And so um, that's what my student will be working with me on as being a peer leader during that and, and sort of seeing if she can then take that on the road herself. Mm-hmm. And then our goal is that it starts locally, so we're going to do it in schools in Lower Mainland, and then um, my goal is to take it to um, the Harlem Children's Zone in New York, and then to the Center for Young Women's Development in San Francisco to test it out there in the springtime. 
And then we have uh, September 2015, we're taking it to South Africa, to um, KwaZulu-Natal with Operation Sock Monkey. So that's our big goal, is to create a workbook that we can leave, and then we don't need to be there. They can just take that workbook and do it on their own and so learn. Important. Yeah, it's really exciting. So, And it's all through the power of the lowly sock monkey. And it's, yeah. That's been, yeah, it's been the most incredible um, craft that I've ever encountered in my life, and it's still going strong. And, I, you know, I'm waiting for the day where people are like, I don't want to see another sock monkey, but it's unbelievable <laughs> how empowering these little things are and that, that you can sort of inadvertently then teach important life skills. Mm. by yeah by working with them so yeah that's our but you know like it at first it was sort of an idea but now it's like oh my goodness it's actually starting to we actually have dates on the calendar yeah it's become its own entity yeah I wonder how uh, your own practice and your work kind of meet up do you find that they uh, seep into one another often absolutely like um, I can't uh do one thing without it feeding the other thing like so I'm I'm very um much like I so my mantra for myself is um I am an artist like that's sort of this this whole mission statement that I've created with um a business that I run with my daughter and our business is to awaken creative expression in our clients and and so our clients is not just you know maybe somebody that we um do private sessions with it's really like the community and so um for me even um, through my own personal artwork, which is um, drawing and uh, selling my own craft and stuff, but truly I'm an illustrator and a writer, um, is that I awaken just the joy of seeing something creative in people as well. And and social media is very important to my creative process because by sharing as I'm working through my blog, through Instagram and everything my own personal artwork, people are constantly interacting with it. And then that way they also want to interact and do it themselves. And so it just feeds itself. Right. And so if I don't enjoy what I'm doing, I know that there's something wrong with it. And so I'm just like, if I can't stop talking about it, if I'm totally passionate about it, and if I'm getting fed as an artist when I'm working with youth, then I know that it's the right path. And so I just live as an artist. So for me to be able to, to share that with someone and create what, because I always create with my students. I never stand back. I'm not a teacher that stands at the front and then watches them. I'm really like hands-on. And if I have staff who help me, if I have assistants, I make sure that they also do it so that we're all creating. But so for me, like my own personal artwork is all about illustrating and graphic novels and all that stuff, but it just feeds itself because I share the process, right? Mm. So. That's yeah. so important. It's such a different mm-hmm. thing now to be an artist and to have it that is. Medium, right? Yeah, it used to be like hide your work and then, you know, so nobody will steal it and <laughs> until you're ready. And it's like, that's so boring. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like, yeah, you know, shit. I love uh, Austin Cleon and Guy, I guess he's from Austin, Texas, actually. And he, his book, um, Steal Like an Artist. And then I think the latest one was Show Your Work. And it's he's really adamant about like completely showing your creative process all the time. Uh, the best way, I think, um, 
is to contact me through my website, so com, and then um, I can sort of give them a hand. I have a, I can give them, first of all, the video of Sock Monkey Making, what it's about, and then um, sort of ask them where they're at in their life, where they are located, and see if I have, say that they're not in Vancouver, you know, seeing who I know in that area or how they can do, do it themselves and give them some tips. And then, uh, because eventually there'll be a workbook and stuff, but for now I'm, like, really open to giving suggestions. There's a lot of people in my life who use the video that my brother created for me on how to make one, and then they run their own workshops. And That's it's awesome. a great video because it's really, like, step-by-step video. And and then, uh, you know, and then my blogs are very, very, like, open about the creative process and how to. So if they just want to get in touch with me, that's the easiest way, and then I can direct them from there. Thanks for listening to this interview with Kat Thorson. If you're interested in her work or there's a youth in your life who you feel like could benefit from your work, definitely seek her out, reach out to her through her blog and website, katthorson.com. And um, she has a multitude of her own work and the work she does with many different people and, and youth in the downtown east side. She's a fabulous artist, and I was so pleased to speak to her. Thanks again, Kat. Great. Once again, that was an interview with Kat Thornson. And if you're just tuning in and you would like to hear that interview or other Coastal Voices episodes, you can hear them on the CFUV SoundCloud and the playlist for Coastal Voices. They're super easy to navigate. There's also fantastic uh, music and interviews from other shows on CFUV. So definitely seek that out. It's soundcloud.com forward slash CFUV. Uh, I'm going to get in, get into some tunes. We have new Tanya Tagak. Uh, this is Animism. It's from Six Shooter Records. She's touring right now. And then I'm going to play some Future Islands, and then we'll do news. Uh, thanks for tuning in to CFUV 101.9. You can stream online at cfuv.uvic.ca. You can follow us on Twitter at CFUV and at CFUVDJ. And uh, check Coastal Voices out on at Coastal Voices at Facebook. And check me out on uh, Sasha Willette uh, on Twitter. That's at Sasha Willette. Okay, uh, this is Tagak. This is Tulugak from Animism. Thanks for tuning in. everybody thank you for listening to coastal voices on cfuv i am sasha and for news in victoria this week we have some awesome news coming out of the native friendship center in victoria according to the executive director bruce parisian they have recently been able to open the first aboriginal library lending library in a friendship center in canada that they are aware of and the vnfc has been around since the 1970s and has been providing just invaluable support for their community since then and uh, the new library holds over 1500 
1,500 Aboriginal titles and 900 general interest books. The membership uh, is just a dollar, one dollar, that's all, and you're able to borrow up to three books at a time for up to three weeks uh, at a time with no late fees, which is just revolutionary and amazing and so great for kids and people, especially during the summer. Uh, they provide so many other activities. Uh, so you definitely should check out their website, vnfc.ca. And UVic is helping to catalog the books online. And uh, the Greater Victoria Public Library is uh, is also helping uh, in terms of donating books and uh, furniture and things like that for the library. Such great news for a friendship center, especially uh, knowing that they just had funding cuts a few months ago. It seems like they're really, really uh, resilient and the Friendship Center in Victoria is a wonderful place. I once worked there for a bit when I was younger and just the people there are fantastic. The programming is amazing. They have so many different things for people. So if you're interested in getting counseling or support as a parent, they have youth drop-ins. Check it out. vnfc.ca uh, for more info. Info. <laughs> MLA Pat Plim is under fire for making some horrible, horrible racist comments, which I will not repeat on air because that's not what I'm here to do. Um, and it was in respect to Indigenous citizens. And the Union of BC Chiefs are calling for a full apology and a formal repetition of the shocking comments uh, from the BC Liberal Caucus Chair, Michelle Stilwell. So that's unfortunate. Uh, you can find out more online. I'm not going to repeat what this, this person, Pat Plim, said on air, but apparently it happened within an email exchange regarding Indigenous issues, which is just so disheartening, but not surprising at all. And um, yeah, you can find out more on Twitter or APTN. There's a lot of info about it. Uh, the Cohen Commission, which you may or may not know is to deal with uh, the DFO and fishing industries, was formed in 2009 at a cost of $26 million, and it heard from over 170 witnesses, they're calling them, in over... That's over a sp span of three years, uh, and it resulted in a report which 75 recommendations were made uh, to changes in across Canada for the fishing uh, population to create more sustainability for everybody, especially Indigenous folks who rely so heavily on this uh, fishing industry for, um, you know, our economic communities. Uh, Grand Chief Stuart Phillips expressed deep concern and disgust to the Harper by the Harper government's refusal to implement the recommendations. Environmental uh, Minister Leona Aglukak uh, and Fisheries and Oceans Minister Gail Shea revealed that the Harper government and DFO have only implemented one of the 75 recommendations in the day-to-day -day operations of the Cohen study into the decline of sockeye salmon just within the Fraser River. Uh, the UBIC is pushing for further implementation of the recommendations to continue to support Indigenous communities. That's it for news. We're going to get into some ATRC right now. Thank you for listening to CFUV. This is Sisters. This is nominated for an MMVA, and we're so excited for them. Good luck in Halifax to the boys of ATRC. Okay, we got uh, some events coming up this week. We have the Red Jam Slam. Red Jam Slam, which is in part of the uh, NCRC conference coming up very soon. And it is on uh, Friday, June 
June 6th, and uh, they'd like to acknowledge the traditional territory of the Lekwungen and Esquimalt people, and it features Standing Nation Drum, Victoria's Poet Laureate, uh, Janet Rogers, who is the host of Native Waves Radio on CFUV, and local Coast Salish hip-hop group Paint the Town Red, at the First People's House Ceremonial Hall at UVic on the quad, at uh, the doors are at 6.30 p.m. and the event starts at around 7 p.m. goes till 9 p.m. It's free. So uh, definitely check it out. It's The Standing Nation drum are great. And from what I've heard of the... Uh, Paint the Town Red group, they're pretty wonderful as well. Janet, as always, is fabulous, has very powerful p- poetry and words, and uh, she's part of the Standing Nation drum, so it's definitely something to check out. It's put together in part by CFUV, the First People's House, Native Zoyos Radio, and the NCRC Conference, which is also coming up. I don't know if you're interested in that. Um, I think registry already happened, but if you're coming to it, there's tons of... Uh, if you're not coming into it, there's tons of other shows going on within the community. So be sure to add uh, CFUV on Facebook or uh, follow us on Twitter at CFUV uh, to find out about all the events that will be happening within the community. In terms of other events, uh, there is the Standing Nation Drum Powwow coming up. That is Saturday, June 21st from noon till 10 p.m. And it's at the Songhees Wellness Center in Esquimalt. Uh, I believe it's 1100 Admirals Road. And it's free, free, free. Everyone is welcome. It's going to be amazing. If you've never been to a powwow, definitely this is a great one to check out. The powwows on uh, the Songhees Nation have always been a huge part of my life. And such a fabulous thing to go to with your family and friends. There's food, there's going to be artisans, there's going to be dancing and singing, and it's going to be amazing. Once again, June 21st, noon till 10 p.m., and uh, that's put on by, in part by the Standing Nation Drum um, and the Songhees Wellness Center in celebration of the summer solstice. Uh, Tonight, uh, Chief Charlene Gale, the uh, chief of Fort Nelson Nation, will be in Haida Gwaii at 7 p.m. at the Old Masset Christian's Longhouse. And everyone else, welcome to listen to Charlene Gale, who you may remember is uh, standing up for her nation, the Fort Nelson Nation, in respect to the LNG um, <coughs> gas commission thing happening. Um, everyone is welcome to listen to Charlene Gale discuss the challenge of honoring her ancestors and protecting her way of life for future generations amidst British Columbia's gas rush. And uh, if you're in Haida Gwaii, um, if you're listening from there, thank you. <laughs> and uh, that's in the Old Massac Christian's Longhouse. Definitely, if you're in HD, check that out. Uh, tonight in Toronto, the National Aboriginal Council of Midwives and the Native Youth Sexual Health Network are celebrating the launch of Aboriginal uh, Midwifery Toolkit. It's at the Toronto Birth Centre tonight at 6 p.m. on 525 Dundas Street East in Toronto. For more info or uh, you're interested in getting involved with the Aboriginal Midwives Network, which sounds like an amazing group, you can check them out on aboriginalmidwives.ca. So what did we talk about today? Uh, We talked to Kat Thornson. We talked about... Uh, the VNFC library coming up. Once again, if you want to find out more about that library, contact VNFC. You can go uh, through Facebook or you can just head on down there. They're open, I think, seven days a week, but uh, you might want to double check on that. Uh, We talked a bit about the Cohen Commission, which is an ongoing struggle between the DFO and the uh, nations of Canada. 
and we talked about the Red Jam Slam coming up, which I'm so excited for. It's a huge conference happening here at UVic, the NCRC conference. Everybody's buzzing about getting ready for it, putting on their conference hats. And uh, I guess that about does it for me. Like I said before, if you're interested in uh, checking out more Coastal Voices, you can go to the CFUV SoundCloud and listen to previous episodes that you may have missed. And uh, there's a catalog there with all the episodes we've I've done maybe not all of them but a lot of them and it has uh you know descriptions and the type of topics we talk about and then you can also check out different music live music that's happened on CFUV in the past and uh different shows on CFUV uh also find me on Twitter at Sasha Willette that's at S-A-C-H-A-O-U-E-L-L-E-T if you have trouble spelling that you can also check out the Coastal Voices Facebook And uh, that's just a Facebook group where I post missed episodes uh, for everybody who hasn't checked it out and, um, you know, events, stuff like that. And if you want to find out more and post something yourself, uh, you have something that you think I would be interested in covering, please, please let me know. I'm so happy to reach out within the community and work with you guys. Um, Up next, I'm going to play, I think, um, some Whoopso. And then uh, after that, we have uh straight no chaser how could i forget straight no chaser just smooth smooth jazz up next and uh and then that about does it for me thank you so much for tuning into coastal voices and have a great day